And we're off! It's another fun-filled, exciting episode of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. Fun-filled! Yeah, exactly. So, I hope all you podcasters are going to be super happy because... Episode 103 just dropped today. Well done, Dustin. Getting that thing out there fast and furious. Thank you. Uh, it sounds really good. I listened to it. A whole week later. I know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, man, if you're in that cycle where it's just like they're just dropping, dropping, dropping. And after dropping two bombs on them last week, I, I hope at this point we're finally satisfying the heroin-like need yeah. of our consumers, our Podcast Calm loyal the jitters a bit. Loyal yeah. podcast listeners. We'll make more of these. That's right. <laughs> we will make more. <laughs> we only have time to do one a week. Okay, and in the podcast today, in reverse rotation, to my right is Dustin Elliott. Hello. To uh if you're listening to this in your quadraphonic stereo system. <laughs> coming, out of the, coming out of the back left corner of your Buick Electra is yeah. Chris Smith. Hey guys. <laughs> and sitting in the back right seat of that same Buick Electra deuce and a quarter is Steve Hoffert. Hi all. And then sitting in the passenger seat is Johnny Chrome. Shotgun. Yeah. What's up, everybody? And sitting right in the middle on the hump is your humble narrator, <laughs> Phil Waters. Driving the humper? No, no you're driving. I'm in the ashtray. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. In this, in this stereo, in this quadraphonic separation. Na- navigation and uh, uh, stereo. Steve Hoffer, how many bikes did you ride today? Four. Four. <laughs> My wife said she's pretty sure she saw Steve riding at least two different bikes today. So at some point you went past Horace Mann Elementary, I think, on two different bikes. Yeah, I went down to the boat. <laughs> Just in case we had a sail cast. <laughs> yeah, we were we were having some discussion about this being a pirate cast, meaning uh, we were going to be on patches on a boat, <laughs> wearing patches. Which wait, wait, supposedly, yeah, I don't know how worked down there was like the like wind and The 19th is, is the, the top of the pirate day or some shit. Today? Oh, the wind no. dies at this really? time. I don't know. Is it, right. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I have a wind muff. So, yeah. Steve is the boat mm. in. Muff. Yep, it's been in all season. Yeah. Cool. Oh, what's the boat called? Boat it's has nameless. Name. It's nameless. <laughs> it's called. Is that, is it's that the it's boat. Actually, it's actually a survival boat. It's the boat. I, the I boat. actually I wanted to name it Floater. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it would sink then. <laughs> I jinxed myself. Unsinkable the second? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about in the podcast tonight. Uh, just to give you guys an idea what topics we're going to be covering, gives you a little chance to think about maybe how you might chime in. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about are lithium batteries. We've done some good research on lithium batteries today, and I've been you've done well. And it's, <laughs> I know we've talked about lithium batteries on the podcast for a while, but we had a couple of people come into the shop that had problems, and I know Liza Miller from the uh, Motorcycles and Misfits podcast at the Recycle Garage. Ding. I'm wearing their shirt. Uh, where are our shirts? By they the way. gave me one shirt. They, and you know what? Come on, Liza. Come on, Liza. She had to dig pretty deep to get this one. Loosen up Liza? the money belt for crying out loud. <sighs> well, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, if you send me a t-shirt, Liza, I will wear it. No, but how about this? How about we? How about <laughs> we do? A, how about we do a t-shirt exchange program where each person in this podcast has to grab one of their t-shirts from their own personal collection I've, I've got some really holy awesome no i'm recommending <laughs> motorcycle yeah i'm recommending like motorcycle specific thing and we'll send them uh to santa cruz and maybe they'll send something oh back i could send them like a dirt yeah. garage t-shirt that would be Ooh, that is nice. that is that is a prized possession around mm. here so but anyway she has had a couple of different ballistic which is a brand of lithium battery go volcano on her like nice. like on a charger or in the bike or on the workbench. She's literally actually in Afghanistan right now. Uh, I think Pakistan. 
Pakistan. Pakistan. Because right. yeah. I think Afghanistan probably have somebody shooting at you. Pakistan. 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 Afghanistan. But so that's where she's touring, and we are not so. Uh, yeah, we're not doing a podcast. <laughs> we're not reaching out from it. And why isn't she doing a goddamn podcast from Afghanistan? Or sorry, Pakistan. The uh, I mean, this thing, this little device right here, could fit anywhere. You could smuggle Podcastistan. that in. Podcastistan. You Podcastistan. That's where we're all gonna go. I have no yeah, desire God. to go to that side of the world after God smelling God. the air that's in the boxes from India. Or India. It is. Every time we open a crate from India, the 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 odor, the air that comes out yeah. of there. Oh, it smells, smells like bad. dead elephant and ass. Yeah, yeah. And they <laughs> usually just... pack their shipments to us with not only. Packing material, which apparently must be hard to come by. They just pack it with trash. So it's like food wrappers, like food wrappers and shit, water bottles, like all kinds of crap comes in. We open up the crate and there's a motor and there's like two half empty water bottles. Telephone books. Telephone books was the world's famous one. They sent us a 400 pound item in a crate that weighed, I was a 240 pound item in a crate that weighed over 700 pounds total. Which means they shipped it with 400-some pounds of packaging material, which turns out were phone books. Idiots. <laughs> and they weren't even, like, shredded phone books. They were, Pay attention, they guys. They were subtly dismembered phone books. Phone <laughs> books weigh a lot, guys. Yeah, no shit. The crate weighed a lot. I'm unloading this crate Who paid going... for shipping? I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Idiot, right? I just wondered, when I picked the crate up, I was like, how can this be 800 pounds? There's one disassembled scooter in here. How on earth could... And, with, and by the way, with no motor in because we shipped the motor separately. So then you said... Oh, was that that Jet 200? That Jet 200. That, yeah, uh, Indian, that was it nice was a GP 200. It was a beautiful bike. Yeah. So then you said, this is very much bullshit. <laughs> I'm feeling I like I've been ripped Conjever, did you take the trash? No, I sent it to America. <laughs> <laughs> they do not have enough. They <laughs> were laughing so hard. I mean, that's a year's wages I paid in shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So the uh, so we're going to talk about the lithium. So we're going to talk about um, stunting, Out, outlaw stunters, yo. Uh, we're going to talk about some yo. some tire stuff that you really need to hear about uh, because I had an excellent talk today with one of the guys from Dunlop, and uh, we're working on uh, that vape's just getting to you, isn't it? <coughs> dry hit, Gonzo deep oh, monster. Yeah. No, I fucking burned my yeah. wick. You dry need to hit. Put a counter on that motherfucker. Really? So God, count uh, so many uh, hits and then replenish. Go get yourself a cookie. Goodness gracious, that's something. That is my juice. Go get some tea tea I have lost. Yeah. Where did my juice? Squeezing of the oh, juice. Yeah, there's got your my juice. juice. Yeah, there's, there's your vape juice. Oh, vape. Jesus Christ! He's very oh. much pissing me off. Vaposaurus Rex. The, uh, but Man, okay, so hit of that cotton, it's like uh, it's it's uh, like all hell breaking loose. So what suck, I want to talk about first is what cotton. Well, that he's smoking cotton over here. Supposed to stay away from when the cotton is like, around. He doesn't like to be smoked. No, he doesn't like to be smoked. <laughs> hey, my name's Cotton, and I resemble that remark. The uh, so the first thing is about the lithiums. So I would never put ah, else in my bike. Okay, and so this is really—I mean—that's your point. You're 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 a seasoned rider. You ride all kinds of different bikes. You rely on your bikes, and you're obviously impeccable about their maintenance. And you're right here, sitting here, saying, "I would never put a lithium in my bike." Uh, I mean, they're lighter. Oh yeah, they're they're. But that doesn't make any difference. To me. Up to ten pounds lighter, <clears throat> depending on the original weight of the, the bike. But yeah, and most batteries that we're using. A standard 12 amp hour battery for most applications is going to be about eight pounds, whereas the lithium is going to be about two pounds. 
but don't a lot of people use them to hide them? So yeah, they, they, a big they, thing they, in the cafe research computer. Because you can also put them on different angles. Yeah. 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 That's so exactly it's an aesthetic right. thing. It can be. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's a weight and a size thing. I mean, yeah. for my cafe racer, I mm-hmm. did an AGM battery. You can do an AGM. You can lay those flat too. Yeah. Just so battery eliminator. Battery eliminator as yeah. well. I, I did that. a three amp yeah. hour AGM battery. Yeah. If, only. if you don't have an electric starter, you don't need the That's, kind of amperage. Yeah. I've, so. I've had that battery in that bike since two thousand nine. Right. Exactly. My so le- my electric light sitting in the driveway mm-hmm. has a twenty. It's got a gigantic twenty amp hour. Usually. It's, I think it's 24. Mm. The guy went extra so, big, yeah. and the battery is still only the size of like a 12. Right. Yeah. It still has to it's have a packing in right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a 73, so it had <clears> the <throat> battery that's like a tractor battery. Exactly. It had a, it had a garden battery. It did, literally. Yeah, an actual garden but, battery. But, I mean, he was yeah. having starter issues or yeah. starting <coughs> issues. Right. With the 93 of motor. Go figure. Oh, go figure. Yeah. And one of the first things he did was the bigger battery, the 24 amp so hour So he went to a 24 amp hour battery. Yeah. Which, in lead he, acid terms, is like a fucking forty-pound battery. He did what a lot of he did what a lot of people do, and that was well, gee, I'm having a problem, so let's replace this. Right, and then you find the next weakest link. Absolutely. So he replaced the wiring, yep. and then he found the next weakest link, which was the solenoid. The solenoid itself, yeah. But I mean, yeah, and eventually you get a system that works well. You've just complete. You've replaced every system. Right, right. Every possible. Long part story, but the, the the jest was sometimes it's for more cranking amps. Yes. Yep. I forget what the fucker is, like 800 or something. Yeah, it can be. Like, no, no, no. It's like 690. Right. Like 690 CCA. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's car level. Yeah, it you is. You have 500 cold cranking amps. That's car battery. <clears throat> There's I no think, doubt about it. I think the battery in my uh, Cafe Racer has uh, four. <laughs> four <laughs> cranking. No, it probably has, it probably has 80 cold cramping, cranking amps, but it's a four amp hour battery. I'm figuring, personally, if the yeah. fucker won't start, I can just stick it in fourth gear and hold well, the starter. It's, it's kickstart only. So <laughs> it's, right. You just, you just kick it until it goes. Kick it until it starts. It's a hybrid, yes. It's a hybrid. It's a hybrid. It burns fuel and oil. and <laughs> burns whatever you put in front of it. <laughs> it's not picky. It's like a goat. Go ahead. Put some lead acid in front of it. It'll burn It'll burn it. It doesn't matter. So it turns out a lot of these people have had these erupting uh, lithium batteries. And, you know, we're not going to get into terminology. This is not the Battery Nerds podcast. But suffice to say, when I say lithium, I mean lithium phosphate or lithium, uh, you know. It, know whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, w- whether you're talking about a LiPo or a Li, you know, it doesn't matter. What's the newest craze? Li-ion? Is that made lithium of Lithium-ion, lithium phosphate. It doesn't matter because they're all basically the same thing. And batteries fall into, as far as I'm concerned, two categories, lithium and not lithium. Okay, yeah. because there's AGMs, there's lead acids, there's all these different things, but it's lithiums and non-lithiums for the sake of this conversation. What the company that's called Optimate, who's a part of te- the company called TechMate, they've mm-hmm. really put a lot of le- a lot of energy. You fail. Didn't even get close. You fail. I don't know. That was like six feet away, maybe five. Yeah. The uh, TechMate has totally put a lot it. of got the offense of Tristan yeah. Thompson. So TechMate. Yeah. What's going on with him? <laughs> Squirrel. If you turn this into a sports cast, I will fucking leave. Uh, enjoy your goddamn sports ball. Is the little bar still? Oh, no, the little bar's not open. Never mind. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, so... TechMate has put a lot of R&D and a lot of money into... Batteries. Batteries. In general. And we know this because a couple of years ago, our shop bought two of the most expensive Optimates that you could buy. And we spent more money than we would normally ever spend on a battery charging thing. And what we've learned is these batteries have grabbed these battery charging Chargers, systems, yeah. 
have reached in and grabbed batteries that other devices said were dead and resurrected them. Yep. Oh, and I, and yeah. I bought one, too. Yeah, and, and they I, fucking work. It's a great charger. Yeah, they, they really do. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, you're probably yeah. gonna yeah, go. There. You're probably gonna go there. Well, yeah, I don't want to skip. I don't want to skip ahead. I don't want to skip ahead. The only bad thing about those, and if you, if you put the wrong kind of battery, if you put the lithium batteries on them, you can't use the desulfating mode. Well, and this is and this. We're gonna get to this. This is really volcano. important. <laughs> this is super duper. Did you not think he important. had that in the future? And that's why I stopped. This and gave everybody a, thirty seconds of dead air. Yeah. This is what's crazy important. Take that. I will not Fuckers. edit this. If you have, in fact, put in your motorcycle a lithium battery, you had better be careful about what you choose to use to hook up to it to charge it, if it should ever need charging in the future. Now, a big feature of the lithium batteries supposedly you can leave these things for a year. Mm-hmm. With no charging device hooked up to it, whatsoever. Leave it over the winter. Leave it for a year with nothing going into it, and literally it will be there for you. Mm-hmm. It suffers almost no loss. However, in your motorcycle, in the wiring harness, as a clock. in the switch, not even a switch, parasitic loss exists in any circuit. Anytime you have electricity leaving the containment device itself and going out, getting a, hitting a switch and coming back... You have parasitic loss. That's just that's how science works. No, right. the uh, older you get, you get corrosion. Yeah, you, the switch doesn't need to be entirely perfect. Right. Go to clo- the older the bike, the more parasitic open. loss you're going to have in it. And so, no matter what your battery is, if it's still hooked up to the terminals, if Arr. it's still got wires hooked to it, my scooter's got parasites. Yeah, well, going <laughs> to scrub them all off because they're draining your battery. Well, I think another issue though. With yeah. Just putting a lipo or mm-hmm. any type of lithium battery in too is that the voltage regulators are uh, on older bikes mm-hmm. are like blunt instruments. It's you like got a it. hammer compared to a scalpel. So to modern stuff. And yeah. a new yeah. uh, on a new bike, it's very well regulated. Too deep. And an old bike, half the time the battery, <laughs> especially on hot old Honda, they use the battery to regulate the, Absolutely. the system, buffer the system. The battery's a giant capacitor. Yeah, yeah you yeah. And if you're using a LiPo... (laughs) Thank you, John. Well, here's where we're going to get into this right now. Guess guess what happens to your LiPo battery when you go over 14.4? Bad things. Fucking horrible things. Okay? And most of the batteries... Most of the uh, the LiPo batteries do not have um, voltage measuring systems or maximum voltage measuring systems built into the, the case of the battery. They're not literally cutting themselves off if it goes over 14.4. And what they've learned is this company now, and this is this is not just this is not the only company we're talking about. There's other companies that do the same thing. They have manufactured a test, a little test gator. It's like it's cute, it's tiny, it's, it's real small. See, it's that, it's that like that big, and it's got a, a number of little little uh, areas on it. It's all LED. And it's awesome and sweet. And you simply hook it up via the alligator clips or the SAE plug if you already have a battery tender lead on your vehicle. Just plug it into that. And then right there, we're going to get a lot of data from this one little $40 device. And this $40 device, one of the pieces of data that it gives you is standing voltage and charging voltage. But it also tells you whether or not this motorcycle's charging system is safe for a LiPo battery or a lithium battery. Because when they tested randomly... They found that about 60% of the motorcycles that they hooked 
two were not safe for use with a lithium battery. Can you say the percentage again, please? About 60%. Thank you. So six out of 10 of every, yeah, every bikes that they hooked up, modern, old, you know, kind of random, what they learned is people are stuffing lithium batteries in bikes that shouldn't have lithium batteries stuffed in them. It is not truly, if your bike has a battery, a lithium can do the job. Nope. Not at all. You'd better check your battery. You better check your bike out first to make sure that it doesn't. Go ahead. So this unit helps you determine? Yeah, this unit is actually specifically set up to do, and it's called, and not to give them too much of a plug because they didn't give us any money, but it's called the Optimate. It's called the Optimate Crank, and it's a testing device. Right. Well, they, they have one that's called a test and one that's called if a crank. They would like to give us money. That's right. pretty cool. Yeah, that's, I mean, but the point is, your tech tip right now yeah. is go grab one of these guys. If you it absolutely like stages of a date, well, test, crank, so get test, your club crank. to buy one. <laughs> or maybe if you're thinking about, look, man, we don't. The, what what's the one fucking fact about lithium batteries that is absolutely true? They're expensive. Yeah, nobody's ever said they were good value for money. They're they're fucking expensive batteries. Now, if you live in a situation where maybe you don't have the ability to have a charger because your motorcycle's in a shed. And you don't want to rig up solar panels on the roof to charge your battery, then maybe a lipo is the right thing for you. A lithium might be the way to go. Maybe if Dustin's bike doesn't have room for a conventional battery in it because it's a fun little cafe racer, and the only thing he can fit under the seat is a little sideways lithium, which, by the way, you don't have an electric starter. Nope. So you're only using it to run your turn signals or your coil support. You know that might be a great thing. But I can tell you one thing. There's not one part of my body that believes for a second that the charging systems on the charging system on Dustin's CB350 is stable enough that it's guaranteed to never go over 14.4. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's also expecting exactly. a 8 amp hour battery or exactly. a 10 amp hour battery and it's getting a 4. And this is another big thing where people are finding out the hard way. That Just, battery has not died in like Six years. And it's a little AGM. Yeah. It's laying on its side. It's a four it's a amp hour battery. Yeah, the right. four so, amp hour yeah. AGM. Anything, not to single any machine out, but right. anything with a non permanent magnet charging system, anything with an excited field charging yeah. system, you probably should well, be slightly leery of. Here's the point, and this is where, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this concept. If you're testing, that's great, but test to the application. Because if you have a conventional battery, if you have an AGM battery in your motorcycle, let's just say for the sake of argument that uh, on your Yamaha 750, you've got a 12 amp hour battery in there. So you want to test it with this device and find out if you can run a lithium on there. Well, if you're hooking up, if you've got a 12 amp hour conventional AGM or some kind of battery in there, you hook this device to it and it tells you, hey, you're good to go for lithium. You're not, you're not ever outputting over 14, 14.4. You're fine. Be careful, because when you stick that lithium in there, which is now a much, much smaller capacitor than that, that big old brick 12-amp-hour uh, battery was, you may have entered the unsafe territory. Huh. By buying the lithium battery and putting it in there, you may have actually pushed yourself over the limit into the bike that you thought tested safe for lithium actually isn't safe for lithium. So test the bike with the lithium battery in it, not with the AGM battery in it. And what's the uptake rate on a lithium compared to a, a supposedly very rate? fast? So, yeah. are you charging it at, at four amps? They're saying, <coughs> so you're right. charging it at ten amps. Or? Exactly. Well, and that's the question. And the other thing is, other companies, including this one, do make a thing they can put in line 
on your SAE dongle or on your on your battery tender lead, as we call them in this shop. You can put it on your battery tender lead, and it will limit it do, voltage. It'll do a steady. No, it won't limit voltage, but it'll tell you when you're violating it. Oh, okay. So it'll do a steady state. It'll read what your battery has when it's sitting in the garage. That's a nice thing to walk up. It flashes Never green want. every five seconds. Hey, battery's okay. Flashing yellow, uh, flashing red, buddy, huh? And they said the draw on it is super, super low. They said the the draw on it is something like uh, like under 0.5 milliamps or something. They were like, it's less than the parasitic draw of your wiring harness. So they said that it won't cause your battery to drain much faster than the original one. However, when you're instead when you're running, then the little LEDs have a separate set next to them that is in the form of an arrow and that gives you your condition your your red your orange your yellow your green with a red there in case of overcharging if you go over the 14 i think if you own mm-hmm. any more than one bike it's right probably better off to take the batteries out put them on a bench and yeah. have a dedicated charging for your batteries there i think that there, you're absolutely right i think there is no better principle <laughs> what says the guy with a barn full of bikes i'm surprised right. you don't have like a a ten station charger, you know, a ten well, bank they take charger. Them out, they don't discharge that rapidly. That's also true. So I have a, yep. I have That's three correct. tenders. Yeah, and I and you move them around, right? Right. And the only bikes that I don't take out are yeah. the ones that you have to disassemble the bike. Like exactly. The BMWs right. and the uh, the PCs. No PCs, fun to get them out. Yeah, yeah. that's a pain. The uh, the batteries mm-hmm. will the and what Steve's bringing up is an excellent point. If you're going to do long term storage for your bikes, disconnect the positive lead of your battery. Disconnect the positive lead entirely. <clears throat> And your battery will stay charged much, 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 much longer because you're essentially just getting the loss of the battery itself, mm-hmm. environmental loss as opposed to parasitic mm-hmm. loss from wiring harness being yeah. hooked up to it. So that's a good thing. Those. On any of these batteries, if the battery charging device, if you're not sure whether or not it has a desulfite mode or an automatic recovery mode, if you use that on your lithium battery, you may in fact burn down your garage. My apologies. Yeah, I Dustin. Down the wrong hole. Dustin has gone into a coughing jag <coughs> for somebody smoking the cleaner, gentler. Uh, I swallowed vape. down the wrong hole. He's <laughs> smoking cotton. Smoking cotton tonight. My God, man, you're really selling me on this whole vapor thing. <laughs> Says the guy who smokes and hasn't coughed once. That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I haven't fallen off this stool so one shall time. We move on? Honestly, yeah. it's not bad. Shall we skunk. move on it's just to vape. the We're gonna topic move on? of the night? What's that? Shall we move on to the top of the... Uh, that was one of the topics of the night. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> oh, <I was> here. <laughs> All right. That was the topic of the night. Be careful with the lithiums. We may not be there yet. The uh, the other thing show I want to talk about... Will all that be in the show notes? And the yeah, I'm going to basically make a copy of that. Thank you. Make a copy of that. I did show notes today, too. You know, I listened to the podcast. Sure while I'm listening there. to the podcast, we did show notes. Uh, so then... I'll put a battery book on top of the battery. <clears throat> so then... Uh, Stuntus. Stuntas, man. Stuntas. Wicked stuntas. Radical fucking stuntas on Gixas and Jixas and Boosas and what the fuck, man. Uh, for us, if you guys live in the Midwest, 15 years ago, there was a thing called the Star Boys. <laughs> and, and they were a, a group of guys that went out and bought high-performance motorcycles and, you know, through adaptation and experimentation, figured out that by changing sprockets... And bolting cages onto motorcycles, they could make bikes that could be wheelied more than once in a row, crashed more than twice in a row, and throw a 12 o'clock wheelie really hard, sacrificing top end speed for well chain ratio. 
Right, you know? They're also riding machines that in stock trim will do 16,000 you know, RPM. <laughs> yeah, they're riding Three machines that will do seats. 93 miles an hour in first gear. So yep. I mean, putting that 62 sprocket Not on the worst thing doesn't in the world. fucking hurt. They can still go down the freeway in fifth gear at yeah. 75 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, and occasional bursts up to 100. Um, I hear them all the time. When you hear that bike go by you and it's got the neon lighting underneath and it's covered in fur. Uh, that oh, was, I remember that. Remember that face? I love that face. Fur bike. Dude, you destroyed your body work. Put fun fur on it. It's awesome. Big pink and yeah. white furry fur bikes. Bike. I, I love that. was like 15 years ago. I love that, man. I fucking laugh myself my dude had silly a, my every dude time had a, I saw that. What was Suzuki's? SRAD? Is that, S-Rad. Was that the acronym? It's a SRAD, baby. And he covered it in fur and I'm like... The Scrode bike. <laughs> <Scrode>. <laughs> you made the Scrode bike. Scrode. It still <laughs> makes me super happy to see, like, true stunter bikes. Like now they sell proprietary cages for every, virtually every sport bike in the world. You can buy kits from any number of companies to help protect your motorcycle when it does fall over, which is, of course, inevitable when you're learning how to do these stunts. You know, mm-hmm. and the the it's, <clears throat> it's become. Legit. It's it's legitimized itself. Because I can tell you 15 years ago, they raided one of these warehouses here in Cleveland that was a clubhouse, and they found like 42 stolen sport bikes. Yeah. And they were all yeah. being picked apart for use by certain stunt groups, you know? And they were all stolen. They were stunting <coughs> on stolen... I, no, I... <laughs> well, yeah. Last week on the news, they had... Sorry, uh, sneeze. The head of the Cleveland <laughs> Police Union saying... That these guys are pulling up the police cars and circling their cars yeah. and looking them, staring them down yeah. and going on, and that it's a, it's a real. Most departments have a no, no pursuit of high performance motorcycles category. They have a rule that says, you know, these are all dirt bikes. Though. Well, I was going to say and nowadays, yeah, yeah, nowadays it's not so much the crotch rockets right. or the, the, the super sport bikes. Right. It's these guys riding dirt bikes, four wheelers, the the. Not, not, not in our town, but what's the out of no, Philly? What's in, the guys Banshee Boys no, or whatever? In, in our town, the I mean, uh, the Mount Pleasant Wheelie Kings. Yeah. So if you the, watch the, what? the, the Mount Trump? Pleasant, there's an area on, on the east side of Cleveland called Mount, Mount Pleasant. Pleasant Wheelie Kings. I thought that's where so, Andy was from. Or yeah, no, the, was... The, the twelve o'clock boys. <laughs> so if if you heard watch of any of their videos, yeah. first of all, they're going down the road at twilight. None of them have headlights right. or or any. None of them have license. They're not lights. even street legal. Yeah, legal they're, yeah they're, they're completely. Dude, they've got quads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they've got quads and dirt bikes. Yeah. And <clears throat> and and so the point is that are they becoming a problem for either the law enforcement people of who are saying are. we're not going to get involved with this kind of stuff. Right. However, they're out there hogging three lanes on Route Two. Yeah. Yeah, they're rolling. Around. Sometimes they're rolling roadblock. I mean, I've been well, behind yeah. them before. Yeah, and and that really? was a big yeah. problem in New York City. Uh, Remember that about a year and a half ago. Yeah, there was a, a major kerfuffle <clears throat> because <laughs> well, because <laughs> some guy wore his helmet backwards. Yeah, know, well, because the, the hospital. And we talked about it in the podcast then too. And I mean, it's a real thing. Obviously, when you behave in that manner, you're gonna you're going to get the attention of everyone around you. We've seen hundreds of videos of these stunts gone wrong. Where a guy's riding a t- twelve o'clock wheel, twelve o'clock wheel, and he goes fucking pear shaped, and he ends up in the back of somebody's Ford Escort. You know, uh, we've seen him run into cop cars because they're stunting around the cops, kind of thumbing their nose at the police, and then guess what happens? They fuck up. You always make a mistake. Whereas there's the most, the most 
collateral damage can be done. I'm also saying, <laughs> I always tend to say, when I crash a motorcycle, the first thing I do when I get up is look to see how many spectators <coughs> saw it, whether or not I got away clean. And it, there is a there is a really, there is an inverse ratio of like the worse the fuck up, the more people are there to see it. Hey, and, thank you very much. Right, yeah. playing all week. Exactly. <laughs> can I please have my seat? Interest. Can I please have my seat back? I'll need that to get home. Yeah. I've also seen guys that are so good or do it on such a professional level where they have headlights mounted under their motorcycle so that when they're twelve o'clock they still have forward illumination. Okay, that that exists. I've seen guys with wheel um, rollers that roll their front wheel to keep the gyroscopic motion of the front wheel intact Mm -hmm. while it's in the air so they can steer the motorcycle using gyroscopic force of the the front wheel. There are people who've taken this to a pro level. And that's great when they're in enclosed parking lots. Extra calipers, yeah, extra can't master cylinders. Yeah, there's not many right. of those no, on the right. road here. That's, well, that's fine. Some and, of the aforementioned guys kind of did go legit. Right, they did the, go the legit. The group out of Akron there. Yeah. Starboys. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of did go mm-hmm. legit. They went legit enough to sell a whole lot of videos and a whole lot of t-shirts. You know, And a whole and lot a whole of appearances. Lot of that brand name. Of that they get absolutely. Like the the you know, Starboys yeah. brand name yeah. is huge. Right. And that's, I think that's fantastic because I appreciate the art I appreciate the talent, the skill. God, that's amazing bike control. When you see anybody yeah. doing any of the tricks, if you go to the International Motorcycle Shows or you go to an event and there's a stunt team there performing for you, and I've seen hundreds of these, I've yet to see a bad one. They always impress me. They're always fucking great. Like the gold wing? The gold wing Oh, my team. God. That's <laughs> And the one guy, I saw a guy doing it on a big BMW, the LT. And the guy was stunting an LT, BMW, their largest luxury touring motorcycle. And... You know, that guy was an artist, and he could do it. He'd grab a passenger out of the crowd, throw her on the back of the bike, throw a helmet on her, and he would go out and perform these amazing stoppies on a six, you know, 650-pound luxury touring bike. You all right, man? Wrong dude. Is that Dustin's lung on the ground there? See, the problem is his oil... Is literally asbestos flavored. Is that what? <laughs> oh, it's a hazelnut. I took a mix of the beer the and the room too. Freezone and shit. I inhaled the beer. I'll tell you, whatever. It's whatever. whatever. It's freezone, <laughs> yeah. Freezone. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently Dustin's huffing. He threw over here. Uh, <laughs> much better now. Wow, goodness gracious. This is going to be the cough cast, the emphysema cast. The. Uh, <laughs> Still not coughing. <laughs> That's it. The, uh, <laughs> so the Wheelie Kings. So these guys are all amazing, talented people who are doing it in a controlled environment. Uh, legitimately. How does that go? That's great. But the problem was, even that we learned in the 60s with, what, where did the term cafe racer come from? It was an insult. It was an insult to talk about these guys who were illegally racing. They were illegally <laughs> violating the laws on their super modified on their souped up modified motorcycles in general public putting other riders and other drivers at risk yeah a giant fuck you to those people yeah i don't want to be riding with them well i have an anecdote just happens to be a fresh anecdote tonight riding the i know right tonight riding the venerable honda pacific coast 800 which is my back and forth the long way to work bike because every day on that bike, I do about 100 to 120 miles. The Marlboro man was stuck you for his girlfriend? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, I love my PC800 because there is no there is no more pleasant way to get from my house to where I work and back and carry a bunch of shit with me that I have to take to and from these places. The PC800 is a fine and noble steed. 
No question about it. I also drive a little bit faster than everyone else around me. And the PC-800 will go a little bit faster than everyone else around me. And I'm not saying I go 125 miles an hour on the way to work. Nope. But I'm in the 85 to 95 zone most of the time. That's where I live, is 85 to 95. My theory, and it's a bad theory, is when (coughs) you're on attack, my time to deal with the texters is minimal. And when I've got that person hogging the left lane because they're busy talking to their phone or doing what they're doing, I can get around them in one of the other four lanes or whatever. But, you know, but tonight coming home from the other shop. Break down lane immediately. That whatever. speed, that bike needs a sixth gear, though. Oh, it absolutely does. But Maybe even a seventh. Maybe even. But it definitely. <laughs> so I was moving along as I. Seventh gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Mercedes has it. I'm enjoying the PC for all it's worth. I got my little earbuds in, so I'm listening to my good music. And I'm hammering along really nice and fun, going across the city. And when I got to the east side there, you know, about 25th Street or something, I picked up a group of guys on sport bikes. You know, and I could see them ahead of me and I could hear them. Jesus, sweet Jesus, they were loud. And I'm riding the world's quietest motorcycle next to a fucking Brahma. Hey, you heard their knuckles grind. <laughs> so I hear this. I hear it before I am on it. But I'm on it none too much later, and it's the four guys. Well, this must have been a gang of, uh, what do we want to call this, EX250 and EX500 enthusiasts. Now, I'm not saying that was all they could afford, but I'm saying that's what they were riding. Yeah, it's all I could <laughs> They were the low-budget motorcycle gang. Yeah. And because now, that's about as low-budget It is get. about as low-budget as you can get. And they were all they were all loud pipe save lives kind of guys, like all kind of open headers. And they were all in full racing tuck. Now, granted, they were all wearing helmets. Every single one of them was wearing gloves and helmets. Good for them. Good for them. Their t-shirt was up around their head. <laughs> and they were holding, I'd say they were holding between 85 and 90 in their little pack. And that wow. was, you know, that's cool. And so I, I kind of pulled up and was appreciating them for a little while in the back. Until I noticed that they were they were definitely encouraging each other through peer pressure to take dicier and dicier moves through traffic. And that's always a bad scene. So at that point, I'm usually like, okay, put these guys behind me. I don't want to be associated with them, and I don't want to be behind them when one of them catches the corner of a bumper, and now I'm dodging a 400-pound obstacle. You're bumping over them. Yeah, the moving sideways across four lanes of traffic at 70 or 80 miles an hour. Because when motorcycles go down, they go in weird directions. And so I just decided, fuck it, I'm going by. So I said, fuck it, I'm going by. And I went by him. And as I went by him... What were you on? The PC-800. Oh, okay, cool. So the... uh, PC-800 don't care. It's like the honey badger. It is the honey badger. (laughs) It's the honey badger motorcycle. And and because it's sitting bolt upright, because it's a PC-800, I am sitting perfectly upright. I am in the distinguished gentleman's riding posture. And and I'm like, and as I go by, what do I do? I, I give him a ta you know, like, hello, chaps, and motor on. And it was really funny because TTFN, chaps. As I went by them, they took that as a threat of some sort. It's like kicking the hornet's nest. It was. And so then what I had was I had four very loud, very affordable motorcycles <laughs> that were all 100% dedicated to being faster than I was. And I'm, I'm not real guilty of the red mist thing. Like, normally you can't goad me into a race. But in this case, they're all EX250s and EX500s. I can't tell if they're 250s or 500s. You know from the outside it's impossible to tell. But they were making the noise 
that they could not have been anything above 500s and 250s. So I was just like, okay, well, let's just see. Because there was one guy in the group who was their leader. And he was definitely with me till about 110 or 115 miles an hour. And he stayed right with me until that speed. And so we got to that speed and I was like, ah, yeah, probably just, yeah. I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do this. And we ended the conversation. I just accelerated. So, and the, the PC 800 will go about a buck 25. You know, that's, that's about where that bike is. And that's not super fast by any motorcycle standards, but it's fast for a giant marshmallowy piece of Tupperware. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, if your mom's serving set was going 125 miles an hour, you'd be impressed. You know? <laughs> it literally looks like the thing my mom used to sit under when she'd get her hair done. So what are those fuckers talking about tonight? Oh, they're talking about around. that old man, the old man on the marshmallow. Did that, you see that fucker go with pants? Did you see Jesus that Christ, we couldn't keep up with this. Holy guy. shit, he had an Amazon meeting to go to. Yeah. <laughs> In my defense, right now, I know where they were headed. They were all headed to Sheffield Quaker Steak and Lube, because that's tonight, right? So they were all headed to Sheffield Lake. So they were going a little further than I was. When I got off here at Nagel, they kept going. But that means that they were behind me. After the pass occurred, they were behind me for a good long while. And I did. I, I simmered back down to that 85 to 90 speed that I tend to run at. And so I don't know if they <clears throat> maintained pursuit. But when I got off the ramp, they were not far behind me. And they were in the, they were in the slow lane. How long was that Quaker State uh, hang out to? I don't know. Yeah. Ten more minutes. <laughs> sure they Why do you want to go up there? Yeah. <laughs> he's looking hungry. It'd be kind of funny if we went up there. I didn't have dinner tonight. I mean, eat some wings. Well, what I know is the saving grace is right now they're all telling each other about the old man on the BMW because uh-huh. people who don't know any better think the PC800 is a BMW. I mean, it just that's what it looks like. It looks what like your BMW standard BMW cop bike. Well, it also most people think it's a cop bike yeah. when they look in the rearview mirror and they see that big white chunk of plastic behind them. <laughs> they're like cop. You know? I would totally paint that that way. Either that or... Punch and John Helmet. Buzz Lightyear. Oh, the Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> the Buzz Lightyear. I got my... They, no, it's... it's they're, they're out there. It's here. It's, I, it's I, on Craigslist. He keeps yeah. trying to sell it. The Eternally bike is, on Craigslist. Craigslist. multiple oh. of them, Well, the bike is in Kirtland Hills, and he keeps trying to sell it. It's been listed no, on Craigslist He's not the original. I mean, no, I'm sure he's not the original, but... <sighs> I have I have Empire stickers for mine, so mine is going to be made into a biker scout to infinity and beyond biker yeah. scout uh, vehicle. You can tell mine because it's got like fifty two. I saw him this morning and initially. I was like, <laughs> first thing that went through my mind, okay, wave, of course, because you were waving, right? And I'm like, Hofford or Waters, camo pants, yeah. Rotor covers. Waters. What's up, Chief? <laughs> yeah. No, that's easy. 11 13 or whatever the time it was. Yeah. Hoffert's always wearing shorts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's true. That's what I when Merritt was like, I thought it was Hoffert. I was like, was he wearing shorts? She was like, I didn't notice. And I'm like, come on. He's riding some kind of touring bike. He'll be wearing shorts. It's got to be Hoffert. The, uh, you know, the, you, the stalking software recognized you. Yeah. <laughs> So, wait a second. I keep circling the school. My gear. I actually wore my gear when I ride. I mean, if I'm going yeah. any real long distance, I'll yeah. wear, you wear your gear. I'll wear, wear, wear my gear. Yeah. I've yeah. seen him wear his, his ratty gear that falls apart. Hey, whatever, man. <laughs> it's gear. I wear, you Tour know what? Master. This is my, this is, you know, when I go to work, I've got, these have a Kevlar lining in the knees and the butt, and they've got, I got my boots on, I got my proper helmet, you know, I got my gloves, got my jacket with the full armor. That's how I go to work, mm-hmm. because I know that, when I'm gonna Every now and then, those 250s and 500s are going to go past One me. of these days, I'm going to buy it. It's probably going to be doing something stupid like going to work. And it won't be having fun, 
it'll be going to work on a motorcycle. Because that's all he's going to do. Oh, yeah, what did you get hit? I got hit. I got ran over. Where were you going? Oh, I wasn't going anywhere fun. I was going to do my goddamn job. Help other people ride motorcycles, you know? Yeah. Going to help keep people riding. So, um, so have any of you guys had a close encounter with these Star Boys or other type of stuntas? Negative here. Yeah? You, what, tell me, John. Talk to me. Yes. It's a podcast. I, Don't nod your fucking head at a I podcast. I worked it. Yeah. <laughs> Radio for the deaf. If you people yeah. couldn't hear that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Rocks rattling. <laughs> that was to let you know. Yes, I worked at Ford at the time. I left Ford one night with a dude named Carlos. Lived on the east side. Black guy lives on the east side. And oh, he's I, definitely a son. No, no, no. He had a, a fat boy, and I'm trying like hell to keep up with the guy. I'm doing 110, 100, whatever. And uh, these guys come around us. Yeah. And one of them literally came around us on the back wheel. Oh, yeah. Passing on the rear wheel. Passing on the rear wheel. <laughs> Changes lanes on the rear wheel. Yeah. I don't think he meant to change like two and a half lanes at a time. No, that was where the fall was headed. And <laughs> he squiggle, 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 back down. Frantically I, I reaching for the rear brake. <laughs> sure. I, I, the whole time, I'm just I'm aiming for the fucker because right. that's the NASCAR rule. Yeah, if you have anybody, yeah. yeah, if you have anybody go around you, or if you have anyone in front of you that's getting ready to go down. Aim for them. Right. The chances of them being where they are <clears throat> when you get there. It's the stormtrooper rule. They never hit what they aim at. Yeah. That's awesome. This is a public shit. service announcement, folks, if you're I out there on the I don't highway. know how the guy did not wind up yeah. breakdancing with his motorcycle. It's freaking crazy. But he man. didn't. Yeah. Um, as the guy that was behind him doing 110 or 115. I definitely needed new shorts. Yeah. You know, and probably a new set of hand grips because I put the Kung Fu grip on mine. Yep. But, yeah. But, um, The Star Boys used to sell a t-shirt and had a picture of a car mirror. That was with, not Star Boys, by the way. I don't know. BBR, whatever the hell they are. Some dudes Brass out of... Balls Racing or some shit. Some yeah. dudes out of Elyria or yeah, Lorraine or some shit. It was a, <clears throat> it was a picture of oh, a motorcycle yeah. doing a stop. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. In the rearview mirror. And it said, if you see this in your rearview mirror, don't hit the brakes. If you have to print that on a t-shirt, you shouldn't be doing stoppies behind cars. Like, you know where I do stoppies? Where there's nothing else, and I've already checked the quality of the pavement. Where there's nothing I can hit. Yeah. Anything. Oh, I just, with the quality of the roads out here. Yeah. And the speed bumps they have on 90. No. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, nice. Nice face point. Well, Steve, these guys were mm-hmm. over on, on the east side shoreway yeah. doing wheelies on... The berm or or the soft shoulder. Yeah. It's like, what are you fucking guys doing? That's what they do, man. On the east side of this city, they're the least of the problems. That's the little gangs are the worst. Yeah, it's true. But I can I can absolutely tell you, there's there's nothing in the world that makes me want to do. And I love wheelies. I do wheelies all the fucking time on motorcycles on which it is appropriate and in my parking lot. You know. In my parking lot, when I'm testing a bike or having fun playing around, guess what? I do wheelies all the time. It's my parking lot. I know what's in there. I know what the parking lot's made of. You know the best place to do that? Not to be the asshole in the room, but the best place to do that? Get yourself a dirt bike. Well, that's what these guys have all figured out. And just go trail ride. It's so much fun. Trees don't move. Trees don't jump in front of you like station wagons. Nothing wheelies easier than a dirt (laughs) bike. Driven by Q-tips. Driven by Q-tips, yes. Yeah. That's all you see by the steering wheels, Q-tip. Yeah. 
There's there is nothing easier in the world to, to wheelie than a dirt bike. And we could never like we were like, why are people taking super sport mo- racing motorcycles and trying to make them into wheelie machines when wheelie machines have been made for 30, 40 years? They're called dirt bikes. And I mean, forty years, like fifty years. Yeah, I grew up my entire life riding motorcycles. They're a thousand bucks. Yeah. Right, bucks. exactly. Riding motorcycles that could do nothing but <coughs> really. You know, on oh, my XL five hundred R. Goodness gracious! Yeah. yeah, that was you couldn't help but wheelie most of the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I take these big ugly KLR six fifties, put them at twelve o'clock, run them down the road, twelve o'clock on the back wheel. That bike that you had for a while, that X. T three fifty, yeah, sweet bloody Jesus! What a delicious wheelie machine that thing is. It gives you a four stroke pull. As soon as that front wheel starts to go up, you just have to commit. And if you can commit to the tipping point and ride it out, it will never have to set the front wheel there down some, ever again. There was some dude on the last what is it West Side Roundup mm-hmm. ambush? What is it? What is yeah, it West Side ambush. Yeah, ambush. The yeah. one with the ride, not yes. just the meat. Yeah, the ambush. Yeah, some dude is riding next to me most of the time. He's just Constantly, same bike you had. Yeah, XT three fifty. Yeah, up, up. Yeah, I tried it on my scooter a couple of times. But the clutch was like, I don't think so, fatty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think so, fatty. I'm all my slim. Every <laughs> every single scooter I've owned, you know, they all have. I'm, man, I'm just not good at wheelies. I, I I guess I haven't tried hard. You know what? Here's the trick: if you do ever want to become really really good at wheelies in a very short period of time, yeah, borrow somebody's quad. Borrow a quad. Oh, that's easy. No, because what it does is it trains you the tipping point. Mm -hmm. So the trick with a wheelie is getting to the tipping point, maintaining the tipping point so that you don't fear going backwards, you know, going over the back. Well, I don't fear going backwards. I'm just trying to find the pop-up point. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's... I'm I'm, I'm trying to find the point where the the, the front wheel comes up. Yeah. I mean, I I, I, I know. Cover the back brake. Not that this is the how to wheelie podcast, but key is usually try try and keep your torso... Straight up and down. Yeah, yeah I think when bring I, the handle, bring the bike to you, I and that I'm way, if shit goes wrong, you can just drop it. Do it. I, I think I need to scoop my ass back further. Yeah, I mean, see. don't like pull your body back trying to get it up. Oh, if you rodeo them, if you're if you rodeo you're them, you're on the ground already. Yeah. <laughs> when you, <laughs> that's everybody's first couple of wheelies is when they're like trying to rodeo. Got to be and, like, like really horse it up there. When you're trying to horse a wheelie up, it's gonna go too far. You're gonna chase it down. Almost every time. You're going to be behind the bike on your feet, running desperately at 20 miles an hour. Trying to <laughs> if you've done it. what Phil just recommended. Yeah. With, with, with your a, hand on the throttle. Yeah. <laughs> <With> the throttle. <laughs> if you've done what the boss just recommended, and you're on a four-wheeler, there's this little grab bar yeah. back there. Yeah. Four-wheels are awesome for teaching people how to ride wheelies. They're so they're so perfect you for You can it. basically go too far, yeah. tap the rear brake, and be yeah, back down. Slam it right down again. It's fine. <laughs> the uh, mountain bike. Well, mountain bikes are great. Mountain like, bikes are easy. I think. Use. I think. For, I think the entire like of my from the time I was nine years old till the time I was maybe fifteen years old and got my license. I think the front wheel of my bicycle was on the ground away. twice. Yeah. <laughs> my big thing was I could ride my bicycle around like anywhere I wanted to go on the back wheel. It was a unicycle, you know. And I've always loved wheelies. I just always thought wheelies were cool. Every scooter I've ever owned, I've done loads of wheelies on. Just I was in the unicycle club. Were you? Yep. You are a nerd. <laughs> God, <laughs> such a nerd. The uh, so then uh, enough. Wait, a wait, 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 wait. Back, what, what, what? back up. Unicycle? What? what? You were a unicycle rider? He was in yeah. the unicycle team. That's freaking awesome. Crazy man. shit. So did you ever have one of the tall unicycles? Because yep. I hear those are easier than the short ones because the center of gravity. Well, you could you're longer chain driven. Yeah, and the gear ratio is yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. So just getting going on it, it's, yeah. you need somebody to help you up on it, but once you're on it, it's pretty good. So. The closest I've ever been to that is when I popped a wheelie 
and the back to wheelies and the twenty six inch ten speeds forks. Yeah, that were jammed onto the twenty inches forks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. came apart. Your chopper. Yeah, yeah. Your slide on chopper. I like yeah. the upside down. At that point, stuff. my old man started yeah. welding them for us. <laughs> Building them right for you. Yeah. Building them right. The uh, so I want to talk about tires. 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 Okay, and this is why we're going to talk about tires. Mm-hmm. First thing is, I'm going to have a. There's a quiz. Mm-hmm. There's a quiz mm-hmm. for people in the podcast and people out in podcast land. We have a quiz for you. Does it count toward the final grade? No. Okay, but when you're going down the road, okay, and you have mm-hmm. a motorcycle that we all have done, and let's just say that your motorcycle is at its maximum recommended load. Whatever that might be. I'm by myself. And you're at the correct operating pressure. Okay? Correct operating tire pressure. What temperature do you think your tires are? Once they're warmed up. They're good to go. 220 degrees. Oh, no. Get out of here. Are you looking at this? Get Get out. Yeah. Between 180 and 230 degrees. Yeah. Gold star for Dustin. I knew that. Okay. So going down the road, normal, normal tire temperature. That's why they say you should always fill your tires when they're cold. Because, obviously, air pressure, if you're filling your tires or topping your tires up when they're hot, that's obviously 100 degrees <coughs> or more higher than ambient temperature. Right. Well, so and hot, hot air expands. Correct. That's right. At a ratio of... PB equals NRT. At a ratio right. of... I don't know. I'm not nice. trying to do that. Tenth, tenth per 10 degrees? Yeah. The, Something uh, like that, give or take? Well, here's what I can tell you. Continue. Imagine, if you will, yeah. that your tire... Was five psi low? Five. five, five. That's not out of question. Five, five is reasonable. Five is like I didn't te- check my tire pressure this month. Five psi low. What do you think your tire temperature is? Not, not one eighty to two thirty. If it's five psi low, what do you think your tire pressure is, or your tire temperature is? Two fifty. Go ahead. 250? Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say 230, 240. 230, 240? 185. 185. No, it's uh, it's 322 degrees. Really? Wow. So by having your tire pressure as little as 5 PSI low, your tire temperature is nearly double. Wait, is this after riding? This is with the tire warmed up. During oh, riding. How, this how is during it? riding. I, I was going for cold. So well, you're suggest- How much is yeah. that breaking down then the... Uh, We're going to get to that. Uh, I was just going to say, so you're settle settle down down subjecting the carcass of this tire Correct. to Correct. crazy high temperature. Correct. The carcass, the body. Now here's the question. The carcass, the, the main... The body. It's the carcass. Well, let's just talk about the rubber in the tire, because that's what tires are made of these days, is fucking rubber. Okay. What, chambers of air. At what... Yes, they are chambers of air. <laughs> what, at what temperature do you think they make a tire? Oh, I should know this. At what temperature do you think they actually cure the tires? No, no, Vulcanizing no, 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 is that. done at... There's a uh, vulcanization method. Um, mm, yeah. It's four... Four hundred. No, it's 400 degrees. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. It's 400 degrees. 400 degrees. It's going forever. All right. You, I was, st- you still win. You still no, win. I, was go- I, I was going with vulcanization, so I was going to get up to that. Rule of thumb, 10 degrees Fahrenheit... 10 degrees Fahrenheit change in temperature... Equals how much pressure? Two percent. Well, because they have to vulcanize the rubber, okay, cool. so it, yeah. All right. No, thank you. But you would think that as the tire it runs at a higher temperature, yes, that any volatile compound in the tire would shed through yes. the skin yeah. and come out. VOC, um, baby. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is this is really well. This is. Um, uh oh! Time for me to replenish. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, 
Okay, so if we know that if we know that they're building your tires, if they're curing your tires, if your tires are being it's 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 hops at four hundred degrees in the factory to the vulcanization process where they're curing them and building them. For the sake of argument, let's just say for fun, your tires were five psi low. You were at three hundred and twenty-two degrees. Gotcha. Okay. Now, your tire is now 10 PSI low. Now, before you shake your head and say, that's preposterous. Oh, no. On average, when I check the tire pressure, the customer's bikes that come in, they're 10 and 15 PSI low all the time. And today, I took in a Honda Shadow 750. The customer brought it in. And this is giving him the benefit of the doubt because the tires were, of course, what when he brought them in? They were hot. He'd been riding on them. Okay. So these tires were warm. Therefore, the air was fooling me. It was hot air. It was expanded. And when they brought this bike in and I went to take it around the block to take it around the back door of my shop, the front end of the motorcycle felt what I would describe as ponderous and unresponsive. Okay? <laughs> Meaning this bike did not want to turn. Well, you can tell when it's two PSI left. I, I think I can. I really do. Hey, here's John Mecklefresh. Ponderous. Hey, holy shit. The Honda Whisperer shows up. We're not, we're, hold on. Ponderous and unresponsive. Ponderous and unresponsive. As opposed to as opposed to my mom's breasts, which are pendulous. Where everybody knows your name. Speaking of ponderous and hey, unresponsive. Let's play. <laughs> John Mecklefresh. Here's John Mecklefresh. Yes, sir, ma'am. Okay, we're gonna ask you we're gonna ask you three questions. The first question is Did you know she was 16? No. That's not the first question. The first question is Oh, you bet. At, at normal load. <laughs> okay. At normal load. Oh, now we're passing or now we're passing we're on the Jim Beam. Great. I'm not even allowed to smell that product. The uh sample of whiskey. You will always remember the first liquor you got violently ill on for the rest of your life, and I can't even smell Jim Beam. Her name was Sherry. Oh, wait a Sherry. minute, you're talking about Yeah. Okay, the first I was liquor. I say my wife would say Dustin, but right. Okay, first normal. She got oh. Okay, your motorcycle's maximum load, John McElfresh. Your motorcycle's maximum recommended load. You You're not load. violating your rules. Right. You're at freeway speeds. Mm-hmm. What temperature is the rubber in your tires? It's a tramp. Well, doesn't it matter what the ambient temperature is? We're saying ambient temperature is 80 degrees outside. 80 degrees outside. So how hot are your tires? At least 80, so up from yeah. there. I like the way you're thinking. I mean, you touch a tire, that By feels like it could, of... it's not quite scalding, so I'm going to say probably at about 120 to 130 degrees. Okay, well, the answer is between 180 and 230 degrees. Holy shit. Yeah. So, um, this is coming, by the way, this is coming from Dunlop. So, and then with your tires, 5 PSI low. 5 PSI low. We've all been there. So, you must be pushing 300 322 degrees. Oh, my God. Okay, now, they build tires at a temperature around 400 degrees. Okay? So now, at 10 PSI low, we're saying we've all seen tires on customers' bikes and our own bikes that were 10 PSI low. They feel weird. At 10 PSI low, what temperature do you think your tires are? Right about 400. 412. They're going to melt. Ah! 412. Isn't there a difference between bias ply and real tires too? There is. There is. And bias ply tires... Because they do not have no, they do not have the friction in the sidewall. They run cooler, and that's why for a lot of large size touring bikes, they do spec bias ply tires. 
That's why when a lot of people are like, oh, shit, that bike was fucked up. It was running on bias ply tires. No. Bias ply tires do have a higher carrying weight than their radial counterparts. The reason for that is the heat they develop because radials do run with a sag in the sidewall. Bias plies do not. They do not cave as much on the sides. They do carry heavier loads. When you look at motorcycles like our 1400 uh, Eldorados and our California 1400s, big Mm Harley-Davidsons, they do spec bias ply tires in the factory. That's kind of why they do it. Yeah. They're E-rated. Definitely. So here's a big thing. And if you put late model radials on your dresser... Right. Yeah. You better keep the pressure set. Shit, yeah. Yeah. You've lost carrying capacity. Okay. Now, here we go. Leave the wife at home. So 10. 10 PSI low puts your tire temperature over that at which they made the tire. Now, I don't need to tell you. That's a fucking problem. Now, there is another thing that... that, word separation? Well, there's a million things that can go wrong. One of the things that is not catastrophic but will affect you ultimately is... We learned when we did long-distance trips on the scooters, we're going 70, 75 miles an hour for long periods of time, that temperature, that scooter tire being at a higher temperature for a longer period of time made the tire wear out much, much faster. And so when you take a motorcycle down the road, if you're never riding more than 80 miles at a crack, let's just say, your tire's going to last you seven, 8,000 miles. Now you take the same tire that you've had this kind of like, my tire's usually last 7,000 miles. And now ride to fucking Oklahoma. And you're going to realize, like, I'm in Oklahoma and my tire looks like it's half worn out. Because it is. Because you ran that bike at a much higher temperature for a longer period of time, the rubber goes away quicker. And I don't even want to be in Oklahoma. Well, right. Congratulations. And it (laughs) cost me a set of tires. Fuck this. I'm going to shit my bikes next time. So you wonder if you put that tank on your rims. Ah. If you dissipate dissipate the the heat. Right. Well, this is one of the reasons, and this is one of the reasons why years ago, and I know we talked about this in one of the very early podcasts, why a lot of the racetracks in the United States will not let you get on the track if you are running tubes. They will not let you get on the track if tubes are in your tires because the friction between the tube and the tire can increase this temperature very quickly and sudden tire failure can result. So... Back to the other side of the piece of paper. Steve, can you fill your tires with AMS oil and keep the... I told you that's for another fucking podcast. <laughs> you know what? Our listeners are going to have to listen to that shit once. Let's let them listen to it once. Okay. fill mine with water wetter. Water wetter, right? Uh, one, of the, one of the guys... Uh, I would have filled mine with ACF50. Knock from, knock from Motorcycles and Misfits has a XR600, and he's gone tubeless. So it's a tire that is... Uh, a rim that has spokes and that's originally run, designed for what? Tubes. Because it's a fucking dirt bike. And they sell this 3M tape. I think it's called 221 tape or something. And you very carefully wrap the inside of your rim with it and it creates a airtight seal around your spoke holes. And then you can run your tires with no inner tubes. That to me sounds like you're flirting with the devil because I would yeah, trust no, an inner tube. It's insane. I, 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 I watched the whole video. Right. And they say, like, put little, put little discs behind the nipples yeah, so that no, when you turn the nipples, awful. it doesn't tear it's the tape when you adjust stupid. your spokes. Yeah. Like, the idea of running tape where there should be a tube is As you said, to flirting me. with the devil. Yeah. True. I think I, I just don't trust it enough. But there are people in the be Supermoto <laughs> world that are going that direction because... Well, you think you'd be better off with yeah. like a specialized rim strip that was like... Sure. I mean, that's they what they're using. They make those, too. That's oh, what they're using. Duty, and yeah. there are yeah. companies yeah. out there. There yeah, are companies they make those out too. there. The inflatable rim strip. It's, 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 well, I also know guys that'll weld up a channel and a rim. You know? There's yeah. a lot of different solutions. Invader. I just don't think... Oh. Dude, I just don't Most think... Most don't work. 
Well, you know, and I just don't think that inner tubes, for most applications, like if you're running a Sumo, and how do you justify to me that you absolutely positively don't need those tubes, that those tubes are really holding you back somehow? Because you're not going to no, be going... No, I guarantee you, I need those tubes. I need so. those tubes, and I'm not going to be going 125 miles an hour on the Super Motard. I know yeah. how. Right. I, 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 huh. I like Run both sport those. bike rims. Yeah. I like, right. the, I right. like Run, both those tubes. 17-inch alloys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I bring both those tubes home every day, yeah. and they're nice. And they're nice. They travel with me everywhere I go. I mean, there are yeah. companies yeah. out there that lay some form of RTV in the channel. Mm-hmm. In the what should be the drop center part of your rim, right? Yeah, for the spoke nipples that make tubeless. Yeah, out of, yeah, I know. I've, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I have looked well, up. All I can't of them. imagine a tape that would do it. Yeah, I, I looked up. How much all confidence of them. do you have in we that product? Had, the I, only the, one, the, the only one that seems legit that. is the one that has that inflatable strip. Oh, that goes in the rim. Yeah, they they have a. Actually, you would have to uh, for your rim. You would have to actually punch an extra. Nipple out there. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they have an inflatable strip that goes around your rim that covers all your spoke nipples. Really? Yeah. And then you inflate air into that to cover the spoke nipples. This is a product that was this is a product wow. that was actually Same designed nipples, for yeah. enduro racers. Nipples. Wow. Say it again. It's a it's a bladder. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in the show notes, would you? Nipples, nipples, it's, it's nipples. It's basically an internal bladder. Wow. In the yeah, tire. it is. Isn't and it, it was isn't designed. It, I read about this product. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an internal it's, bladder. It's a double. It's a double <laughs> tube, basically. And it was designed for enduro racing. If your problem was yeah. with one tube, then you don't. And I mean, it, it just covers all the spoke nipples inside yeah, the rim. Yeah, you can use and then mousse. You can have a tube inside that. There's a thing called mousse, and mousse is a mm. a product that you put into where your inner tube used to be. That is a solid, not an air or a gas. It is an actual foam solid. You put it in, it's expandable spray yeah, foam, basically. It becomes a, and it, it becomes, becomes a, uh, a big donut inside your donut. What do you call it? Semi-pneumatic. Yeah, uh, it ain't even semi It's just foam. It looks like foam. And you put it in, and it's hard foam. And that's used for... It's a mousse. Anywhere that you would normally be running 15... You never, ever want to see it. Tonight. 15 to 18 PSI. My tractor tires have sand in them. Right. Put we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. calcium yeah. in Calcium yeah. chloride. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That works, too. That shit's heavy, man. God damn. All right, so... Here we go. For the, now, this this chart is a little silly, so I'm going to ignore most of it. But this is the important part right here. Oh, good Lord. Okay. <laughs> we're, if you're talking we're about... an hour already. <laughs> all right. You're not editing this. Okay, here you go. I don't edit anything. You know what? The last podcast was one hour and like 28 minutes, and it was delightful. Yeah, I don't uh, edit shit. I just go It was delightful. Process. So okay, go here go you go. You're running a... Okay, you're running an O3 FLHTCU. Okay, so this is an 03 Harley Davidson Tour Classic Ultra. This is an Electroglide. This is a big Harley Davidson. You would think that this motorcycle was engineered to carry a lot of extra weight. In fact, what they're recommending. All right, well, what they're recommending is two passengers, two people, at 250 pounds, total load 500 pounds. (laughs) Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've all seen them carrying more than that. Wait a minute, I like hogging. All right. Two 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 people, total load 500. Now, if you want to do the math any way you want to do it and say, I weigh 250, my wife weighs 150, but we carry 100 pounds of shit with us. Or my, my stereo weighs, weighs 100 pounds. Or my amp weighs 100 pounds. Or I have 100 pounds of chrome on this fucker. Or yeah. whatever you want to say, right? 
I've never met a Harley Davidson FLHTC in my life that didn't have 100 pounds of chrome on it. There's no doubt it weighs more than it did when it left the factory. By a lot. Just in fucking squished birds. Uh, they're just... I've got dead eagles all over and skulls all over my motorcycle. <laughs> fucking easily 100 pounds of chrome. At like at $1,000 a pound. So the this motorcycle, for the sake of argument, has 500 pounds of load on it. What would you say, at this point, is its closeness? How close is it to the maximum gross axle vehicle weight rating of the best tires you can put on it? Oh, it's true. It's probably 95%. It's 700 in axle, so... 500 pounds of load sounds like it was a... No, a little bit under 700 in axle, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, it turns out that, well, in fact, when you're running around with 500 pounds of load on your Electroglide, you're running that motorcycle at 90% of its maximum gross vehicle weight rating. You're mm-hmm. only operating within a 10% margin of error of the maximum that that motorcycle and its tires and its axles are meant to absorb. If you translate that... Too, so yeah. It's even... If you translate that into the car world, and if you take that into the car the car world, and they're just using a Toyota Camry as an example. It's a pretty common car. If you have four people in the car, and each person weighs 250 pounds, you're half, you have a half ton. So you've got a half a ton of shit in your Camry. You've got a half a ton of badass family. You sure, whatever it might be. Maybe That's it's two, two people and a whole lot of camping gear. That's right? not hard to do. It's not hard to do. It's... Four people at 250 pounds. Now, this is a car that's designed to call five people. So, you could have five people at 200 pounds apiece. In that Toyota Camry, you're literally only at 67% of its operating load. So, as you can see, there's a hell of a lot more margin for error in that car than there is on that motorcycle. And a big part of that is tires can only hold so much. Car tires are a lot wider and a lot thicker and a lot heavier than motorcycle tires are because motorcycle tires do need to be light. They do need to be leanable they need to be turnable so what this thing reminds you is be really careful when you load your motorcycle up now i wish that this example didn't just have an flhtcu because the flhtcu is telling you in the owner's manual that you can carry a 500 pound load now i operate a lot of motorcycles that have a 350 pound load there are a lot of motorcycles that i ride every day that don't have a 500 pound load rating passenger load there, you check your check your motorcycle manual when you get home. You might be surprised at how easy it is to overload the particular motorcycle that you bought. I'll bet you that Dustin's bike is not rated for a, a, a nickel over 350 pounds. What do you think the uh, Moto Guzzi 750 is? They're about 350. They're about 350, really? 385. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Two skinny people. Huh. Yeah. The BMWs uh, are actually mm-hmm. lighter compared yeah. to the other, like, mid-range sport tours. Yeah. So their usable load is higher than you would expect. Right. Because the motorcycle's lighter, the gross vehicle weight rating, you can put more of it in passengers than you have in motorcycles. Your motorcycle's very heavy, you may be able to get away with a little more load or a little more customer weight. And that's a really, really big deal. And when your motorcycle tire diameter goes up, your load rating goes down. And this is important for all the guys that are putting the 22-inch rims on their motorcycles. Those 22-inch rims... And up to 30-inch rims, as we've seen. That's the crap we speak to. Well, uh, there are motorcycles that right now that you can buy at a dealership. Big wheels, 
Big wheels are not just popular on my Toyota Tundra, which when I bought it in 2008 had fucking 20, like 20 inch rims on it from the factory. What the fuck? Like, I don't need that. I don't want that. That's not what I'm in it for. The taller a wheel is, the less it can carry. And they were showing that with um, the difference between a 16 inch rim on that FLH TCU and then going to the more modern FLH, which runs 17s, that they lost about 10% of their load carrying capacity. Yeah. So the taller the wheel, the less it can usually carry. And that's a big damn deal because if you have taken your motorcycle and you have fitted larger rims onto it because of a look or something like that, be aware you may have decreased its carrying capacity. So and I should be able to carry like a thousand pounds on the ten inch wheels on a Vespa. On a Vespa, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Smaller wheel carries more. Yeah. It's amazing how much shit you can put in a sidecar rig. But they uh they did tests on it and they found that a lot of the guys that were doing the twenty 20 and 22 inch and larger conversions on motorcycles were really, really hurting the ability for the bike to carry a load. Uh, 21 inch motorcycles on dirt bikes. You see a lot of guys that are adventure motorcycle riders that are running KLR 650s and stuff. The 17 inch wheels can carry more weight than the 21 inch wheels can. And when you think about how much weight you're putting on a motorcycle that was originally engineered to be a dirt bike, (laughs) maybe it didn't come from the factory able to carry 440 pounds. But by the time you and Mrs. ADV rider and all your ADV rider gear gets on this thing, you are probably exceeding the capability of the front tire on your motorcycle. Guess where your weight goes when you apply the front brake? Into the front tire. Yeah. Yeah, the 12 by 3 front tire. Exactly. And that's where the scary part comes in. You take a motorcycle like that that has a 21-inch front rim on it, you put a big old load on the back of it, and then you use the front brake. Now, I guess it's good for us that the KLR 650's front brakes don't work very well. <laughs> so they don't transfer a lot of weight into the front wheel. But Yeah, but it is. It was scary when I started looking at the numbers, and it really does get frightening. Uh, don't even get into looking at chopper numbers. When you see those giant, ridiculous ape hanger bars, and you see the bikes that have the giant six-foot-long front forks and the big 21-inch pizza cutter out front, the amount of weight that transfers into the front wheel on those when you're braking always every time exceeds the capacity of the front axle of the vehicle. So, you know, what would it be like to have a front wheel fail on you on your maximum braking? Bad. Fucking bad. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> like, go down the road and get into a panic stock sometime on your fully adventured out motorcycle and find out that really your front... Adventure. Well, <laughs> what happens when your front yeah. wheel fails? I imagine I mean, would suck the whole bag. God damn, days. right? Yeah, and then you got your wife on the back and all your adventure gear... God, this is going to be a yard sale to beat all yard sales. Don't you want to land on her? <laughs> Honey, you're going down. Take one for the cause. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, kill this podcast. God damn it. Dustin has the most hard edits of everyone in the world. There's well, no like you, softly you fading You go out. so far. You go so far. You know what? We're going to start shutting the podcast off at 45 minutes. Let's just do a minutes. real quick re- recap. Like, what all no, no, we should I talk about that. Do a recap for John. The... Uh, so remember, by the time this podcast drops, it will be two Third, days before Thursday. the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Mm. True. 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 So I did... Uh, well, I, no, not two days. Yeah, because it's a, Sunday. A week. Well, it's going to drop a week from today, right? Well, it's not this Sunday. No, it's... No, it's next It's Sunday. ten days from today. It's next Sunday. So like I said. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. God damn it. This, math, right, was, this math was brought Settle to you by Dustin. Over here. And we tried to start the podcast early. Wow. So... All right, so remember, go and do your local Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. If you're doing the one in Cleveland, I have posted in the show notes from last week, today, 
in podcast time, it will be last week, I have actually grabbed the route of the Cleveland Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, which you are not supposed to have access to unless you are a registered Distinguished Gentleman's member or whatever. I put it on our show notes so you can see where we're meeting if you're a Cleveland area listener and you want to join us in the... In the, uh, in the uh... Revelry. Yeah. Yeah, the German... Wasn't it? Didn't that used to be the October or the Hofbrauhaus? House? I don't know. I saw the number it was like fifteen hundred East Fifty Fifth Street. Oh, maybe that is the Hofbrauhaus. Because that's kind of where the Hofbrauhaus. I have Sterlies. Yeah, Sterlies. Sterlies. Thank you, Sterlies. I'm not actually Slovenia. A registered member. Oh, is it really? It's Slovenia. Okay, good to know. All right. Well, not really. Uh, fuck okay. it. But they say German patio or something like that. Whatever yeah, it is. That's cool. But that's, that's cool. where it is. That's where it's launching from. So if you're in the Cleveland area, you want to come and join us. Eleven thirty meetup time. Twelve thirty rollout. On Sunday. Be distinguished on Sunday. So what time are you and I going to get together? I don't know, man. Sunday, I don't know. Sunday, I don't know. Sunday, we'll see you we'll we'll there. Yep. At some point Sunday, you and I are going to be like, oh, <laughs> yes. fuck. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'm going to be coming back from the Columbus Scooter Q rally that weekend. So I'm going to be leaving Columbus <laughs> very fucking early to get back here to go to the uh, the Distinguished Gentleman's <laughs> well, Ride. I'll be waiting. I'm going to Pennsylvania for the tractor parade. And off-roading and drinking at Big Roast and shooting up. Nice. So you're not going to be? I'm going to try to be there. Oh, you're going to try to be back for the That's DGR? That's all day Saturday. I'm oh, okay. Late Friday night. Yeah. Tomorrow is the Wellington Engine Show. But Oh, the small engine show at Wellington. Yeah. You can go meet the Lorain County Vintage Motorcycle Club. They are oh. going to be at the Vintage Motor Scooter Club. Yep. They're going to be at <clears throat> Lorain County Vintage Motor Scooter Club. Is going to be at the Wellington Tractor Show exactly six days from when you heard this podcast. Six days prior to you hearing it. <laughs> yeah, machine, you can make it there. That's right. So you guys remember, and on that, drive fast and take chances.